Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. Delighted, as always, to have you on this sports podcast along for the ride. Where we have football to talk about today. NFL wildcard weekend was superb. Chris Miller joins the show to break down all six of the games. The Chargers collapse against the Jaguars. The Giants and Danny Dimes winning on the road. We break down the Bengals. Sam Hubbard's big play against the Ravens. Bills winning, Niners winning, Cowboys winning. Is it Tom Brady's last game in the NFL with the Bucks? And we preview the divisional round. A lot of games to get to. Who will win again and move forward on the path to the Super Bowl? It's Chris Miller talking NFL playoffs on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. Right now joining us on the Money Mitch Effect. Back again to talk playoff football after a super wild card weekend for the ages. Chris Miller joining the show. Chris, thanks for coming back on the show. I was, uh, I'll be honest, uh, after the results of some of these games, I was a little worried you wouldn't show, but thanks for coming back on. <laughs> I'm a man of my word, Mitch, at some point. I guess I owe you uh, uh, a day in blue, so I'll... Uh... Yeah, figure out how I'm gonna do that. But you, uh, you know what? I appreciate you. You are a man of integrity, <laughs> and uh, I'll be completely honest—not just you know rubbing salt in the wound. If they would have, if the Giants would have, we can kind of start there. If the Giants would have gotten beat by the Vikings, I would have maybe given you you know an out. You know, they were the sixth seed, they kind of <laughs> snuck in, weak conference, all that stuff. But there's nothing to really say at this point, and uh, they were, you know, I know the Cowboys were a road team that won, although they were favored, but they were the the true road underdog this weekend that won and it was yeah. impressive man and it was daniel jones i mean i don't i want to want to always start these by giving credit to the teams that won and uh, the giants for where they were last year to now offensively brian dable the coach of the year in a lot of people's minds mine included but daniel jones fifth year from his fifth year option not being picked up at the start of the season to the game he had yesterday uh, on sunday just really mm-hmm. balling out uh, 300 yards, two touchdowns. This was, and running as well. This is something that doesn't normally happen. He is playing like a bona fide starter, and it was uh, a great performance by him in this Giants offense. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Danny Dimes, he lived up to his name. Not only, yeah, you said the 300 yards passing, but he was the leading rusher mm-hmm. ahead of Saquon Barkley, you know, by about 25 yards. I mean, Barkley got the two rushing TDs, but. Daniel Jones, he, he went into a, a hostile Minnesota and, and he put that team on his back and he carried them like that was definitely, yeah, uh, a pretty memorable playoff performance. And, uh, you know, and he's, he's shown he's shown moments like this in the past. Like, I, I, I don't think people should be too surprised. Like he, he well, has good games this year, though, Not the playoffs, obviously. Yeah, but, this, yeah, this year's different. And I think a lot of it is the new staff, of course, like. Brian Dable, great coach, taking over, doing a good job, putting him in great positions. I, I would agree with you to the point of, like, this year he's shown it, so maybe we shouldn't be surprised based on the year that he had. But if you would have, I mean, you know, going into the offseason, he was an afterthought for the long-term plan, and we thought, is this guy going to be a long-term backup? But, you know, what a difference, a year of confidence. And what I like most about this Giants team, I mean, the defense, Dexter Lawrence was just phenomenal, wrecking the game plan inside. But what mm-hmm. I like about this team is that they're very prepared. They don't really make excuses because they dealt with the injury bug all year with a lot of their key players out, you know, Thibodeau across the board, the receiver injuries and, you know, Saquon yeah. even. And, and they just don't really make excuses. And they're that scrappy underdog team. I don't know what the ceiling is, especially going into next week, having to play Philly again. But 
you look at a team like this, and it's it's the recipe for playoff success, right? Is that you can win if you're outmatched talent wise. If you you know, cliche as it is, compete, are prepared, and just you know weather the storm. They were never they were you know they were down seven nothing in the first drive of the game, and that was it. They led the rest of the game, other than you know being tied. But the Giants were you know a credit <laughs> to their coach, just very well prepared. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a very just overall, you know, balanced game. You know, if you look at, you know, the the number of plays on both sides of the ball, I mean, 35 passes and about 30 odd runs. So, you know, just real balanced, solid defense. And uh, and, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, not showing up. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to classic. Kirk well, and- I'm not going to go that far <laughs> with Kirk because I've. I've actually, it's funny. He had a good game. Yeah, yeah. look, this game to me was never in my prediction and in reality, it was never going to be an indictment of Kirk Cousins one way or the other. I've said what I said about Kirk. I mean, good quarterback, not in that great tier. That's fine. A lot of, a lot of teams would do better than what they currently have with Kirk Cousins. Their defense was atrocious all season. And that was, I think the reason why a lot of us didn't believe him. And that's what happened today. 31 points given up. Daniel Jones just dissecting them. Saquon Barkley making some big plays as well. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins having the game of his life too. I mean, this game, mm-hmm. you know, you can, I mean, the Kirk discussion's a bigger one and we can talk about if it's, you know, if you can win with him going all the way. But this game in particular in the whole season was never about Kirk Cousins. It was about the fact that their defense and the reason why a lot of us didn't believe in them with that point differential not being great at 13 and four was the defense yeah. and it let them down, unfortunately, again. Yep. Hundred percent. I I just like to poke fun at Kirk Cousins. I, I it's honestly yeah. it's not anything malicious. Like, I really no, have no. nothing against the guy, but you know, he's just an easy target. And I think a lot of people are gonna put the blame on him, and and not rightfully so because he didn't actually have a terrible game. I mean, he he's also through two touchdowns, two hundred seventy three mm-hmm. yards, and zero picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had pretty much just as good of a game passing wise as as daniel jones said obviously he didn't have yeah. the, the the carries but yeah no he actually played a good game yeah, but yeah it, you're right it really was a story of the defense just not showing up giant secondary did do a good job taking away justin jefferson as the game went on you know other than hawkinson that was pretty much the only but the only you know true guy that he had to get the ball to that was open so i do want to give the credit yeah. to the giants i mean vikings were 11 and 0 in one score games until this one so I mean, we had a feeling that this would eventually happen, and uh, the Giants did it. So the Giants move on. They're uh, in yeah. the semis. They go to, into the NFC, NFC Divisional round. They'll play the Eagles. We'll preview all this at the end. Uh, the other side, we'll talk about the two teams that made it. Uh, the Niners won the first game on Saturday. It was a little hairy at first. You know, halftime score. They were down 17-16. But they mm-hmm. got that huge defensive play that really swung everything was the strip stack, uh, and then the recovery by Nick Bosa, and then that just kind of opened the floodgates. But a couple thoughts on this game. One being, you know, playoff football, you can't really, you know, even if you know, we, we'll talk about this with the Bills and Dolphins later, but there's no uh, adjusting or replicating what the playoff's like. So I'm not surprised when teams kind of start a little slow out of the gate, but we're going to be talking about Brock Purdy for, uh, again, another week where he's still undefeated and struggled early. But that second half, he was playing like a fearless anything but rookie in this setting. So I, uh, I have to start there. Brock Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant draft pick that threw three touchdowns, no picks, kept it clean. And the Niners offense continues to roll. Yeah. I mean, and I think you're right. He, he did look a little, a little stiff to start the game, but I mean, that's kind of be expected, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a young quarterback playing his first ever 
you know, playoff game. But well, he certainly picked it up. And, and I think the defense electrified the offense with that strip sack. You know, the Seahawks were coming down, chance to potentially answer the touchdown that the Niners had the drive before. And uh, defense comes up with a huge stop. And then from there on, I mean, it was all Niners offense. I mean, <laughs> especially that Devo Samuel uh, long touchdown. I mean, pretty much. I know the game was pretty much already out of hand, but once that play happened, you're like, yeah, there's no way Seattle's coming back yeah. at this point. But yeah, big props, props to Purdy. He he, fantastic game. Three touchdowns passing, one rushing. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty 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 damn impressive. And I think what the first what rookie quarterback in the in his first playoff game to ever do that. So yeah. Uh, well, uh, just he's just, looking good. He's just, looking good. Just yeah. a couple of things. I mean, the Amanda play, which was huge, the strip, also recovering. I mean, that's you talk about a, a swing, like you said. Niners come out score. It's a six point game. That happens when they're on the doorstep. Then a touchdown back so quickly. It's fourteen points, and then you know, and then the walls are closing in. Brock Purdy is now. I mean, seven and zero. He's three away from you know ten and zero Super Bowl champion rookie. You know, still hasn't lost the game in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan makes it easy for him. Got to give him props, what he's able to do with his offense. Christian McCaffrey fits in perfect what they want to do. And Debo Samuel yeah. back looking healthy. They are a juggernaut for sure. And, uh, you know, looking the part. I, I kind of think, yeah. I, don't you kind of think, though, I mean, we saw, what, three of these matchups? Um, two, I guess, two in this one, and that's going to keep going. But we saw, you know, some divisional matchups already, teams playing each other three times. And, that's always, mm-hmm. even if you've kind of had the upper hand and you're 2-0, and the old beating a team three times, but, but playing a team that you know so well and see a lot, I don't always think that's a great position for a favorite to be in. And we saw that in the AFC games where, you know, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a team that knows you. Even if you're the best, most well-rounded team, you're playing a team that knows, you, knows the ins and outs of your roster as well as anyone. So I don't think it's always the most ideal situation to be in, having to play the, the same team for the third time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And honestly, I would like to see the NFL do something with the seating to mix it up so that we're not getting, at least in the first round, yeah. these, these divisional games over again. Because it just feels like, and I know the playoffs are, in fact, an extension of the regular season, but it really does. You know, just feel right. like we're just watching the regular season over again with a little more on the line. Obviously, later in the playoffs, it's inevitable. Teams are going to get whittled away. You have mm-hmm. to, but it would be nice to see a little more variety. Yeah. You know, I would have loved to see maybe the Bengals play the Bills or, you know, yeah. or the Dolphins. I think that would have been a lot more fun for people to watch. Although the Dolphins Bills game ended up being a yeah, it was one. yeah, I want to get to that so. in a second. It's just funny because the the Seahawks had a good year for what they were expecting, right? I mean, you make the playoffs. You thought we they, yeah. we thought they were going to be in contention for the worst team in the league. Geno Smith has the comeback season of of ages for him. Sets the Seahawks passing record, so I think these are the, this is you know a fun time to be a fan is when you think you're going to be bad and you end up being okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, expectations, no, I, baby. I I, I, <laughs> I love seeing Gino Smith have that resurgence. That was that was great. You know, you know, and uh, yeah, definitely. And maybe that's the that's the trick is you just have to set the bar low for yourself, and then <laughs> it's a life lesson. Uh, you know, you're 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 more apt. To, to succeed yeah well, just just don't think so highly of yourself yeah. and, and or your football season and uh yeah that's why 
it doesn't work for me as a Raiders no. fan. I, I have low expectations no. of them every year, and, and they, they seem they to play limbo, rise yeah. to that occasion every <laughs> single time. The so. bar is low, and then they're playing limbo. As a Browns <laughs> fan, I know the feeling. Well, maybe maybe the last lesson in this is don't preemptively blow up the roster, you know. Give it at least a, yeah. give it some time because that's, that's seriously what the Seahawks did. You know, they, they lose Russell Wilson, and everyone's like, oh, they're going to be terrible. And rather than just get rid of everybody, they, they let it play out, and lo and behold, they might have something here. So – don't preemptively, you know, rebuilds have to happen, but you don't need to do it before you see. So uh, props again yeah. to both these teams for sure. Yeah, I mean, and who would have guessed losing, you know, a, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback like Russell Wilson, you know, they end up being a better team, uh, which is crazy. You know, and then the Broncos, on the other hand, was this team that people thought were going to compete in the AFC West with, with the Chiefs. They were early preseason Super Bowl favorites, and they add Russell Wilson, and psh, one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. One of so. the worst, yeah, brutal, brutal you know, there. I, I think uh, that's why people love football and sports in general yeah. because you just never know what's no. going to happen. Like just crazy things, and uh, you know, just I think the Seahawks season was a was proof of that. It would have been great to see them keep going with a with a epic win in San Francisco, but that just wasn't in the cards. And I mean, I, I no, it wasn't going to be. I wouldn't have given them much hope to begin with. You know, the Niners are just juggernaut. Well, the last NFC game to go to to complete the Final Four in that conference, the Monday night game, Cowboys defeat the Bucks handily 31-14. to A couple different angles from this one, right? Uh, let's start with the good for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott, game of his life, I would say. I mean... We went into this oh, saying yeah. we, we went into this game saying what that the Bucks are not a good team, no shocker there. Mm-hmm. That they, yeah. that if the Cowboys lose this game, it's kind of a disaster, and we're waiting to see if Dak is going to play a good game and essentially not blow it. And not only did he not blow it, four touchdowns, no picks, three hundred yards, played within the system. I think that's a huge part of it too. Spread it out. Uh, it was a great performance. That's the only way I could say it is Dak Prescott played to his full potential. And offensively, you started to see why team why why there was some buzz that this team could make a deep run because the defense has always been consistent. They were again, Chris. We were waiting on mm-hmm. the offense, and and they played their game. So that's where I'm starting. This was Dak Prescott's moment. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. I, I don't want to say it was a coming out party because he's been in the league for a while, but uh, yeah, he probably the only person who played a better game than Brock Purdy this weekend, and. Just, uh, yeah, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 305 yards. I mean, and, and 24 yards on the ground and another touchdown. Uh, great game. And I, he's going to have a much tougher defense to deal with next week. Uh, I don't, I don't see him playing as good as he did, but if he can be close ish to this and with, with Dallas's defense, uh, against a rookie quarterback, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a I think a, a much more interesting game mm-hmm. than people think. I think right now the Niners are only like a three and a half point favorite, which is basically saying they're the home team. That's it, you know. So it should be interesting. Yeah, that line's come. I mean, it was about four and a half when it opened. It's down to about anywhere between three and four. So yeah, it's it's tightened up for sure. And I will also add that their running game, which you know Zeke and Pollard together collectively gave them a solid night, a respectable night. They can rely mm-hmm. on that, but the big thing is, yeah, just don't turn the ball over. Don't you know pin yourself back. They have a defense that 
I'm not going to say any defense is better than the Niners right now, but they're up there. So uh, it was a yeah. it was a great night there for everybody except their kicker because oh my god that was <laughs> ridiculous. Brett Mayer with Brett Mayer with oh all those god. misses, and you know yeah. first time in first time in over seventy years since like 1950 when the stats were out four missed extra points in the same game. They say they're not making a move. They say they're going to go to him. He did make his last extra point, but that was uh, the yips. That was Rick and Keel in real time. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um... How do I explain that? Interesting. <laughs> How lucky are the Cowboys that it happened in a game where they were in control? I mean, that's why we can all yeah. laugh it off and everything's fine. But, I mean, if that was yeah. a close game, I mean, even, you know, they had to be up by so much for it to be a non-factor. I know. I mean, could you imagine that poor guy? What if they had lost by three, right? Or by four, let's yeah. say. You know, what if it was 35-31? Mm-hmm. Oh my God! And he missed the same you know? three to the same side, and then the last one he, you know, compensated too much. But yeah, it was, it was brutal to watch. Um, hopefully, he finds it because I don't care if you're a Cowboy fan or not. That was just uncomfortable, and I don't think we want to see a football game decided <laughs> in that nature. You know, I know oh, it's yeah. just not how you I want mean, it. Was it just like ridiculous wind going on in Tampa no, Bay last night? The other night? kicker like, made I... both. The hit, you know, I mean, I know he only made one, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Okay, so yeah, the just, Bucks, just yeah, odd. <laughs> very, very odd. The uh, the Bucks side, they had a a, a not good season. It uh, comes yeah. down finishing up eight and ten. They lose this game at home, getting blown out thirty one to fourteen. Look, they couldn't run the ball, and uh, they kind of had to abandon it early, which they did. Tom Brady threw the ball sixty six times. That's just an absurd number for him. He never was comfortable yeah. all night. He had, you know. Moderate to high pressure at times, but the timing was off. Everything was, you know, off considerably. And uh, they just, you know, fizzled out at home. It was a a disappointing end to a disappointing season. And now it's going to open the door of what's next for Brady and what's next for this franchise because the vibes aren't good in Tampa. This wasn't anything fluky about how it felt. They got outclassed, which is what happened in more than half their games this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about how balanced the the Giants looked at their game. I mean, the Bucks were the complete opposite. You know, sixty six passes, twelve runs. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it sounds cliche, but you can't win games like that. You really can't. I mean, <laughs> maybe if you, you know, oh, that's not true. I guess the maybe the the Broncos Peyton Manning years, all they did was throw that in ball for the most part. But uh, yeah. And there's a lot of speculation of Brady, and a lot of people have said that, oh, Brady to to Las Vegas, and like, that's like the last thing I want. You want it, huh? You, you know? don't want the reunion of McDaniel's and Brady. No, no, not at all. Well, I don't so. want to get I don't want to get into all that. I will just say my my quick thought would be that he's not retiring, but he will be on a different team. Now I don't know where. I'm just guessing, obviously, but that's my. I don't think he goes out like that. I think I think yeah. in the right setting he could still play. I think yes, it's it's safe to assume and and have the opinion that he's not what he was. He's 45, going to be 46 years old. But that team yeah. was a mess all year, and it was the line issues. It was the running game. The defense was, yeah. was snake-bitten, too. So I just, I mean, it, it it's not the Brady of old in the sense that he can kind of cover up all the weaknesses. But th- this was just a very flawed team. And if you're going to change anything with the playoff format, don't let a losing uh, record division team host a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. I mean, you know, you have to win your division, even if you're in a terrible <laughs> division. Yeah. But yeah, letting an eight nine team host, they, it just feels wrong. Mm. You know, it really does, especially in the Cowboys, were twelve and five. Like it's yeah. 
it's the oddest thing to like have a team that won four more games be the road team, but yeah. that's just how it is. Like you win your division, you win mm-hmm. your division, and the Bucks just got lucky that they were a bad team in a, in an even worse, terrible division. And uh, you know, so it is what it is. We bid adieu to the NFC here on the Money Mitch Effect. We'll be breaking down all the playoff games at the end here. Let's look at the AFC Wild Card. Three games, three interesting games across the board. Uh, let's start yeah. with Saturday night. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars come back from 27 nothing to beat the Chargers. And there is a lot to say about this game. Yes, there is. Well, we can start with, uh, I'm, really, I'm really gritting my teeth, but I want to stay consistent. Let's start with the winners here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played about the worst half of football that we could see in the NFL level, but he didn't go yeah. south, but he, but he kept in it. And hey, Doug Peterson still had faith in him. As bad as Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. was in the first half, he was probably equally good in the second. So uh, props to yeah. him for showing some fortitude and just, you know, it's, a, it's that old adage, right? Just moving on to the next play. A lot of players, a lot of lesser players would have just said, you know what, I'm, I'm rattled, I'm done, I'm snake bitten. He came back and willed his team back. So props to them and props to Doug Peterson for coaching and calling a great game, especially that fourth and one run with the multiple running backs. Um, but ETN was great. Lawrence was great down the stretch. And the Jaguars win at home in front of a raucous crowd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, congrats to them. You know, Trevor Lawrence still undefeated on Saturday. I know, uh, dating back to high school. Yeah, and you know, he, the the fact that he was able to maintain that level of composure after throwing four interceptions on what, like four out of the first five possessions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they weren't all his fault. There was a few that definitely were, but it was still. I mean, it's you're spotting you know a team that much in the playoffs at home when the atmosphere is just dead and, and miserable. And yeah, I mean, but the, but yeah. the Chargers had five five tur- like five turnovers. Uh, and they didn't turn the ball the over themselves. Half. Yeah, you know the four picks and the and then the punt, the the muff punt. I, you know, which they were only able to get three out of. Uh, so I mean, you, you basically spotted them twenty seven points just about. And, and uh, but I, I once they had that uh, that end of the half touchdown, where it made it twenty seven to seven. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was that was the by far the turning point because it gave the Jags a chance to kind of go into halftime with a little bit of momentum. And it put that little bit of seed of doubt in the chargers head. Well, and that was enough. Yeah. I mean, this is just a a catastrophe for the chargers. Any way you look at it. And that was a big point. They had the plus five turnover margin. They, they lose this game, which is very impossible to do. The, the two moments that I think did completely change this game. One is the one you mentioned 100%. The other is they're up 10 and they have fourth and two, and they kick that field goal that they miss. You know, and now yeah. even the decision to kick that field goal there was very odd to me because this was a team that was very aggressive, you know, in the in the past. And I don't know what the big difference would be versus ten versus three, you know, ten versus thirteen to begin with. Other, you mm-hmm. know, and at that point, so I thought they might go for it there, but you missed that kick, and then you know they have all that that momentum. I mean, this is a rough one. The player, Staley, is going to own this one as a coach. It was not great. Uh, Joe Lombardi let go today. Uh, so no no, mm. no coaching change from the Chargers. Offensively, and we can kind of get into the ins and outs of this. I mean, when you have a defense, whatever your head coach is, whether it's defense or offense, they, their background, I mean, you kind of let the other unit just kind of be run by whoever the, the coordinator you hire is. And I don't know what Joe Lombardi was doing in this game because they have Eckler, they have this all-pro running back, and they were you know, not bleeding clock and, and just kind of 
you know, going through the motions on offense. So it was bad. It was, yeah. They were self-destructing down the end, too, with Bosa throwing his helmet down. And, you know, it just mm -hmm. – they never – and that's when you need better leadership, better coaching, better, you know, leaders in there that just kind of can right the ship and, you know, prevent the uh, the uh, epic collapse that took place. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things also to look at throughout this season, the Chargers, as as good as they were offensively, they were one of the worst offenses in the second half the mm -hmm. entire season. So, yeah, three points in this from that one. Standpoint, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, they, they just whatever it is. I don't know if it's play calling, if it's just you know not making the right adjustments. I mean, who knows? But they're just not at least this particular season, not a good second half team and it had bit them in the butt in the worst possible way, you know, this week. And funny, I don't know if you saw the video of Maurice Jones drew like mm -hmm, during yeah. halftime of that game saying like, you know, the most chargers thing the chargers could do is blow the lead and have the Jaguars kick a last second field goal to win. <laughs> and it was like, wow. You know, <laughs> let's see what he picks for the for the coming games because he, he he called it, but it is it was clearly the most Chargers way of losing I a know. game. I mean, you know, people like to say, you know, talk about your Browns, you know, Browning it, but this is that this is worse. This is far worse. This is this, I mean, they charged this one and they charged it badly. Yeah, it seems like a snake bitten franchise. We'll see where they go from here, but props to Jacksonville, where they came from a year ago with the Urban Meyer fiasco to now. They're into the uh, divisional round, and Trevor Lawrence looking like he's got something special. Still a little rougher on the edges, but we'll see what happens Ooh. in uh, the next round. Yeah. Uh, another game yeah. Another game I want to get to next is that Bills-Dolphins game, which maybe our surprising entertaining game. I think a lot of people, myself included, thought this could be a runaway Buffalo Bills win. Beat them twice in the regular season. They were both good games, but we have Skylar Thompson, third string on the depth chart to start the season. And Miami gave them a game. Yeah. They, they they competed. They fought. They got some timely defense, picked off Josh Allen uh, two times. Thompson made a few throws here or there, and uh, the Bills had to sweat this one out. So I know it's survive in advance, but Buffalo uh, looking a little vulnerable at times in this one. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it, a lot of this goes – to their offensive line. I mean, Josh Allen just spent a lot of the time, you know, <laughs> running. I mean, how many sacks? One, two, what, seven, eight sacks? So definitely a, a rough day, you know, for that offensive yeah. line, and it's just going to get rougher. And even even when you're playing a team with a third-string quarterback, if, you're, if your offensive line, you know, yeah. plays that badly, you're going you're so to – open the door for him so I, I agree and I, it was kind of back to what we were saying I mean Miami fighting in this one showed a lot because obviously they were outmatched and then Mostert gets hurt and it's like even worse but playing a team in the division third time maybe not the most ideal thing and Buffalo's you know I, I know Josh Allen could be a little reckless they still don't really have a great running game Singletary Cook yeah. is just okay and what I find ends up happening is that you know they, they're forced to throw it and they're forced to throw it deep oddly enough I think a guy I mean he scored in the game but like you know, Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox, those two, everyone talks about Diggs and, and Davis, as great as they are. Mm -hmm. But you need to have some, if you're not going to have a running game, those intermediate short passes. Like, they they can't just be all big plays is what I'm trying to say. And I feel like they kind of run into that problem time and time again where, you know, if it's not the deep ball, if it's not Josh Allen just using it like a battering ram, which as big as he is, he'll get a little sore doing that all the time. It's not yeah. It's not the easiest thing for them to just, you know, slowly, methodically move down the field. Yeah, for sure. And 
at one point, like watching the game, it just felt like all they were trying to do was just force the ball to Stephen Diggs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like <laughs> you, you got to mix it up a little bit. You know, it's just like you can't just drop back and launch well, it to Stephen Diggs. Like every time, yeah. like that's just playing like Madden, you know, yeah. that's not playing actual football. And, yeah. uh, you know, like they, they, they got lucky. They I did. Think, just in this game, it's, you know, and, and yeah. you also got to remember like Miami defense a lot of this year actually was pretty good so seeing that they were able to keep their team like somewhat in this game like uh not too much of a surprise but i think the 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 bigger story is just i think the bills offensive line just not being very strong you know and josh allen just kind of having mm-hmm. to you know, force things. Well, it is survive in advance uh, as we're going to get to the team. They're going to play find yeah. that out too. So you just move on and you just, you know, it doesn't have to always be your a game. Just have to beat the team in front of you. And, uh, you know, good, good season for the dolphins. Honestly, all things considered, we'll see what happens if Tua can stay healthy, but you know, made the playoffs mm-hmm. year one, Mike McDaniel. So some stuff to build on, uh, for the bills, they go and play the Bengals next round because the Bengals in another third meeting of the season, with the series yeah. split 1-1, they beat the Ravens on a game-winning touchdown by Sam Hubbard on a long defensive fumble recovery. That was the game winner. Uh, wow. I mean, yeah. this was one where, I mean, that play was insane. Uh, Huntley actually, I think, played pretty solid. The backup quarterback there, Noel Lamar Jackson. And uh, the mm-hmm. Ravens did what I thought they would do is they fought hard. They ran the ball. They had a, a very playoff-style game plan. And they had chances in this one for sure. But it was that big turnover of all things that really made the difference. So, I want to give credit to Baltimore. Cincinnati survives. Their defense plays pretty well. Uh, but they got some offensive line issues again. It's starting to look a lot like yep. the last playoffs where they've got a lot of injuries and Burrow is getting hit a lot. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, how many times did he get hit? Uh, you know what? Only four times. Four sacks. But but four. the game itself, I mean, he was yeah, thrown out yeah. of his rhythm it's in the passing sacks. game. Like we saw as great as yeah. he's been, and he has been phenomenal all season. This is this is getting up there, and so I, I just you know the Ravens know them obviously, and we'll see what happens next week when it's Buffalo Cincinnati in that game. But you know this was not the offensive you know explosion from the Bengals, and, and I'm just paying attention to whether this is a trend or this was just a one off. Yeah, you know what <laughs> the crazy thing, and just speaking of uh, next week, and I know we're going to get into it, but you notice that it's kind of like the 1980s all over again. You got the Dallas San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah. Buffalo, Cincinnati, New York, Philadelphia. Yep. I mean, and then Jacksonville, Kansas City. But uh, <laughs> yeah, not like, Jacksonville, not in the eighties. But yeah, no, I hear you. I think every single one of these teams should be required to wear throwback uniforms mm. for for next nice. weekend's game. Yeah, get a little Kelly Green and the Giants spelled out. You know, Could yeah, be good. Yeah. Could be good. Yeah, I, I mean, the only other thing I would have to add to this game. I mean, we know how good Jamar Chase is. Mixon didn't really get going. I think the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is kind of what they do. So I don't want to. I don't want to say it's woe is me. This is not going to go well. Last year in that playoff run, I think pretty much every every game was close. They beat the Raiders, you know, in the first game. The Titans game yeah. was tough. So maybe this is just who they are playing close games. But we'll see. All right, Chris Miller, Money Mitch effect. Yeah. Let's look at the divisional rounds. Uh, four great games, I think. I mean, even the first one, Chiefs Jaguars, which is you know the early Saturday game, the lightest of the four on paper. Chiefs coming in off the bye. They are uh, about eight and a half, nine point favorites at home. A lot of people expecting yeah. the Chiefs and, you know, Patrick Mahomes has never even played a playoff road game because they've always been a top seed. But 
I think that the Chiefs are going to have – I don't think this will be that close of a game. I think the Chiefs might actually cover this spread. I think Jacksonville is a good is a good story, good uh, opportunity here, but I think the Chiefs offense comes in and uh, is ready to roll. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I, I would love to see the Jacksonville magic kind of keep going, but I think, I think this weekend is going to be Trevor Lawrence's first Saturday loss. It's a good point. That's the Saturday loss thing. Uh, Chris Jones, enormously successful uh, for what the Chiefs do on defense, and I think he's had his best year as a pro, so I think that's going to be a difference there. But, yeah, the Chiefs' offense is ready. Mahomes is ready to, you know, make another Super Bowl push. And Yeah, this is yeah. – I, I just – I don't know, man. I, I, I know the Chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. I don't know that this is the team that's going to scare them defensively from not having the big play guy. Yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't really slowed down their offense much this year. It's not like they, they were only scoring a few points a game this year. They, their their offense still rolling. You know, they still have tons of weapons. I I don't yeah. wouldn't worry about the Chiefs too much at all. I think they'll they'll be just fine. And yeah, I, I think I think this could actually be a more interesting game than than you think. But I'd like to think that that uh, Jacksonville makes it more of a game. But okay. Right. Ultimately, I think the Chiefs will win. Okay. Got to be a little more optimistic than me. I, I get it. Um, next game, though, the Giants-Eagles Saturday night. Yeah. I think this will be an interesting game. Giants seven-and-a-half-point dogs. I think they're going to cover this spread. I don't have the cojones to pick them to win. I'm not quite there. I know they lost twice. The second one was week 18. A lot of starters out. I don't know what to expect from Jalen Hurts. He hasn't been fully healthy. I mean, now it, he says he is, but it's been a while since he's played a full, meaningful football game and uh, been mm-hmm. pain-free. So what to expect there? Eagles with pressure. You know how it is in, in, in markets like Philly so passionate. If stuff starts to go wrong, it could be freak-out mode in the crowd. But Philly's offense, I think, will make the difference. So I think the Eagles win. In addition to Hurts, mm-hmm. I mean, you have maybe the best duo, definitely top two or three in receivers when you talk about Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. So I think Philly gets it done at home. I think this is a great game. I think Daniel Jones comes in playing hot, and I think the Giants come in with very little to lose, and that can make them dangerous. But I'm not predicting them to go on a 2012-2008 Super Bowl run, so I'm going to say the run ends here. Yeah, agreed. I think think Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley make this game interesting uh, for the Giants. I, I think this one... This one will definitely be a lot closer than I think KC Jacksonville will be. This mm-hmm. is going to be, uh, I think, just a good, hard-fought two divisional rivals that just hate each other kind of game. But I think in the end, Philadelphia has just a little too much. Uh, but yeah, you know, I. But then again, I mean, I also predicted the Giants to not even make the playoffs. So what do I know? Uh, <laughs> you know, clearly, right. clearly, I've got it out for the Giants this year. I know, and they keep, and they just keep proving me wrong like over and over again i mean there was a stretch during the season where i was like that this is what i expected but well that's the thing they were they were in they were injured during that stretch too so yeah it would have been a nice excuse for them to you know take the step out but here they are so it would not i'll just put it this way i would be more shocked if the jaguars outright won than the giants is that fair to say uh yeah yeah I would say so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's either, either wouldn't be an expected result. Um, the Sunday games, Bengals, Bills, the first one, good Sunday slate of games. I actually really pumped up for this. Bengals, Bills yeah. in yeah. Buffalo. Buffalo is coming in as a five-point favorite. This game, it was 7-3 before the unfortunate DeMar Hamlin thing happened, which sounds like he's going to be at the game, so that's going to be awesome to see. 
that's going to be great. I'm picking the upset here. I'm going with the Bengals. I think they win this game on the road. Wow. Okay. Boy. I think the Bengals. I think, I think the Bengals are going to move the ball on this Buffalo defense that was a, a little vulnerable last week, and I think Buffalo's lack of a run game is going to really hurt them in this one, and that's when you see Josh Allen press a little bit. So I think the Bengals win. Yeah. You know what? I I, I kind of hate to agree with you, but at the same time, just kind of watching that Miami game kind of made me lose a lot of faith mm. in this Buffalo team, especially, again, with that offensive line. And, you know, this time of year, you can't run the ball. You've got problems, and Cincinnati definitely has the edge when it comes to rushing. So, boy, that's that's a tough one. I I, I, I kind of feel like this is my uh, Cincinnati's game to sort of Ooh. come in an upset, but that's gonna this this is gonna be a fun one too. Like this, this whole this whole weekend is gonna be fun. <laughs> you know, let's be honest. I think yeah, Casey Jackson will probably be the only non-close game, but this. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of with you though. I think, I think Joe Cool and uh, that running game and a slightly better defense. Like, I think they, they pull off the upset. Yeah. Joe Cool goes into Buffalo. Can he get it done? I'm excited to see that. The last game of the week, the weekend. It's Dallas and San Francisco. Old school '90s wow. NFC rivalry. Montana, Young, Aikman, yeah. Rice, Irvin, all these guys. Dion on both teams. Haley on both teams. <laughs> All right. I'm, yeah. I think this is going to be fun. Can't wait to see it. I am riding the hot hand at home, though, San Francisco. I think defensively they get enough stops, and I haven't seen anything in Brock Purdy that's given me any pause. Like, I haven't seen anything where I think that he's going to be the reason that they lose. Looking for signs last week, didn't see any of them. I'm expecting mm-hmm. a good one, but I have the Niners winning this one. Uh, I'll say... I'll say a field goal so that Dallas does cover the spread by a, a small margin, but I say Niners by three. Wow. Okay. Um, yes, I, I agree with you. I think ultimately the Niners do win a close one here. Better defense, better offensive line. And, uh, yeah, Purdy's just he's playing out of his mind right now. And I think if he – he doesn't have to play like he did this last weekend. I think he just needs to play. He doesn't have a perfect game, but he's going to have to play a, a pretty good game, and I, I think he has it in him for sure. I think of the teams in the NFC that would give the Niners the most fits right now, Dallas is probably that team because their defense is good. And yeah, Philly's up there too, yeah. but it's it, this should yeah. be a fun one. And I think that uh, I think Dallas's defense is going to, from that standpoint, from that side of the ball for sure, I think it's. Dallas. I think they're the team that's going to scare them maybe the most defensively. Um, but, but we'll uh, see. yeah, I think if you love football, this is one of those games that it, you're you're looking forward to. This is going to be a good one. But uh, I would ultimately give the edge to the Niners, too, on this one. I mean, we got the two probably best defensive players in the league and both send Parsons against each other. So it, it's, yeah. you got, you got talent everywhere. This is, this is fun. Yeah. And, you know, we'll have the Jerry mm-hmm. Jones box, too. So through the highs and lows, the camera will be on him. <laughs> Be good. <laughs> I uh, know. God. Can't wait to see it. Uh Chris Miller, thanks for joining the show last thing. Uh I think what, what do you think? We should do more morph suit, blue morph suit when you go blue for the day? Blue morph suit? What do you mean? Yeah. Like, like one of those like skin like skin tight blue you know, suits in the color blue or how we want to do this. <laughs> oh jeez. Nobody wants to see that, Mitch. No. Uh 
I mean, I was just going to borrow a bunch of Giants gear from from my friend, I think, okay. and just wear. But we'll see. You know what? I'll 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 let you pick it out. You know, okay. whatever. Just nothing skin tight. Nothing I'll do skin sweats in a sweatshirt, okay. something like that. You yeah. know, or you know, maybe yeah. I'll paint my face a little blue too. But that'll make work fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I then what I would love to have is. Uh, them to make a run you know if they got to the super bowl you'd have to do it i did see a, i did see a uh, a lot of face painting ideas online so we'll look at that there's also uh the wrestling like the luchador wrestling max so we've got some options but oh i would do that i would i would 100 percent do a luchador mask see if we can that find would be one. fun but we'll stay away from skin tight for uh for your wishes there <laughs> Uh, Chris Miller. I mean, yeah. it's for the people, not for me. It's, nobody wants to see me in a skin tight outfit, Mitch. Oh, that's understood. <laughs> All right, Chris Miller, thanks so much for joining the Money Mitch Effect. Yeah, of course, man. My pleasure, always. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks to Chris Miller for appearing as a guest and being a man of his word with that Giants bet. We'll see how it all shakes out. We'll see how the NFL playoff race shakes out as well. And a reminder, you can catch every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on all your podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, to name a few. Follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21 and check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page for some exclusive content. We'll be back next week. More NFL talk, maybe even sprinkle in some hockey and some basketball. And talk a little Aussie Open. Rafael Nadal, the defending champion, is out. So there will be a new champ. It probably will be an old champ in Novak Djokovic, but lots we'll to break down on the men's and women's draws down in Australia. For Chris Miller, my name is Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening and keep enjoying sports. <laughs>